Okay, I just uh, hit the start button and that's probably one of the hardest things to do in life is to actually get started. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Dennis Deloach and uh, I have called this podcast the Uncle Jim Effect and we'll talk about that a little later exactly what that is. But I promise you if you'll stay with me and if you'll have an open mind the Uncle Jim Effect will change your life dramatically as it did mine. And I'll share stories with you, I'll get vulnerable, and we'll talk about uh, not only how it changed my life, but much more importantly, what it can do to change your life and those around you. So again, I said this is podcast number one. I'm calling this Why Not Me? Because that's exactly the attitude we need to have. So unfortunately, most of the time, we say, we basically talk about why me? You know, I don't have the talent, I don't have the money, I don't have the background, whatever the excuse is. So the number one uh, topic, podcast number one for me is titled, Why Not Me? Uh, just real quick, uh, doing a podcast has been a goal I've had. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, learn a lot from podcasts, probably like you guys, but uh, I'm excited. And we're gonna talk about the process of being able to overcome fears and to set goals, but. I want to get a little vulnerable with you right now uh, and talk a little bit uh, about how important this is to me. Uh, typically, uh, guys like me aren't vulnerable. Number one, I'm a man. Men do not discuss feelings. We don't get vulnerable. Uh, I was a linebacker uh, in college at the Division I level. Supposed to be a tough guy. We don't get vulnerable. Uh, I've got a second degree black belt in karate and I've enjoyed the martial arts with uh, my wife and my family over the years. Uh, by the way, my wife is a nine-time world champion. We'll talk about that a little bit. You know, it's interesting to me, and we've had this discussion with my children, which we have six, by the way, but to have a dad who was a former middle linebacker and captain of the football team in college, and he's not even the toughest parent you have, that's a big burden on children. We'll talk about my wife uh, in future podcasts. But uh, I want to get vulnerable here, and I want to talk to you about my story. To me, uh, when I listen to a podcast, when I learn from somebody, when I get trainings from people, I want to know who I'm listening to. And so this podcast is not about me. It's about how I can serve you and how we can work together to realize our God-given potential and to be able to affect and change the lives of those around us, and especially our own life. So bear with me, let me share with you my story so that you will understand where I come from and why this is so important to me. Uh, I grew up in the state of Washington in a small farming town. My father was a retired Air Force enlisted man. He had a TV repair shop. My mom was a secretary at a local bank. The town I grew up in had about 4,000 people and uh, was a very small town. Uh, we were typical lower middle income. Uh, my dad was a uh, raging alcoholic, was verbally abusive, uh, had multiple affairs on my mom. Uh, he himself was an orphan. And so he brought a lot of baggage to the table. I don't tell you any of that to uh, affect my story. I'm just trying to be as factual as I can. 
My uh, parents had five children. Uh, all four of the other children had uh, died tragic deaths. My older brother died of a brain tumor when he was four. My brother, who was a year younger than me, died when he was about 41 of an overdose. My other brother, uh, who was about four years younger than me, died tragically after uh, back surgery when he had a stroke and it actually uh, uh, killed him. He was at my mom's home and she unfortunately watched him die. And then finally, my sister, the only girl in the family, uh, was in a tragic auto accident at the end of uh, 2022 and left three children behind. And so that, my four siblings are all gone. Uh, my dad has uh, not changed his ways much and uh, is still living and he is 86 years old and my mom is 85 years old and living on her own. Uh, so as we were growing up, luckily, as I said, I played football. Uh, I was a big kid. I'm about 6'2", 6'2 and a half. In high school, I was about 225 pounds. Uh, most of you or those of you that have been around alcohol or alcoholics understand that there's a lot of shame associated with that and uh, a lot of self-esteem issues, self-confidence issues. You never know who's coming home, good drunk, bad drunk, mean drunk. Uh, so as I was growing up in our home, it was a very dysfunctional home, as I mentioned before. But there was an incident that changed my life, uh, and that's the basis of this podcast. That's the basis of my drive to share with you how it changed my life and how I want to help you change your life. And that took place when I was a sophomore. I was playing on the football team. I was lucky enough to be playing both ways and uh, again was a, a bigger kid but had some athletic ability and I remember uh, after the games my dad who was would be there would usually be drunk and uh, would come down on the field after and point out the mistakes that I had made during the game you know if I had had a great game and made two or three mistakes those would be the things he'd point out and I, I have no problem with that uh, that's how we learn but uh, at that point, even as a young man, I understood that that was coming from a, uh, a place of uh, hurt and pain that he had. And uh, we didn't have any family really that uh, we were close to, but we did have uh, my mom's brother, Uncle Jim, who lived about an hour and a half away from us. And I remember as a sophomore, we were at his house and he said, I understand you're playing a football game over in a town right by ours and I'd like to come watch you this Friday, so I'm gonna be there to watch you. And I said, oh, okay, that's great. Uh, hadn't had anybody watch me other than my mom and dad and brothers and sisters, so uh, I said, that's great, let's do that. And so the next Friday, we uh, went and played the game and uh, luckily I had a fantastic game, did very well. And I remember going on or them coming onto the field after the game. And my dad went through his regular spill, like, you know, I saw you miss this tackle, or I saw you do this incorrectly, you know, almost with a smile on his face. And again, I was used to it, it didn't bother me. I tried to take that to fuel me to get better. But something that my uncle said changed my life and the trajectory for what 
I was about to experience for the rest of my life, and that's what I want to share with you. And I call that the Uncle Jim effect. Uh, and I want to discuss that because I've created a new word. Maybe I haven't, but I like to think I have. But effect in this case is A-E-F-F-E-C-T. And we'll talk about what that means. But my Uncle Jim said something to me that again changed my life. And what he said was, Dennis, I watched you play and you are a good football player. What are your plans to go to college? And he just stopped and he looked at me. And I had never been asked that question. And I, I said, what do you mean go to college? He said, as he looked in my eyes, he said, Dennis, you're a good football player. I think you've been given a gift from God. And I want to know what are your plans to go to college and to make that gift come true. And uh, it hit me, and I looked in his eyes, and he actually believed what he said. He saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And I remember after that, for some reason, there was a pep in my step. There was, uh, my chest was out a little more, my eyes were up, everything was different in life. And so, as I think about that, typically the the things we hear in life are pretty much what you've done in the past is going to di dictate what you do in the future or the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree so i had planned not planned i had assumed that in my life i would be uneducated i would uh, be an alcoholic because i do have that gene i believed that i would probably be married three or four times i believed that i would uh, be financially irresponsible and uh, as he was and so that's what I assumed my life would look like fast forward a little bit uh, after uh, hearing my Uncle Jim make that comment to me and uh, just assuming that okay he believes I can do it let's get after it I can do that and I leaned on his faith and confidence in me and again had to do work had to have some breaks uh, but basically where my life could have been to where it ended up is unbelievable uh, where my life did end up is i received uh, multiple scholarship offers i ended up at utah state university uh, i was lucky to be a four-year letterman uh, I was voted captain of the team my senior year. I was an uh, all-conference player as a sophomore. I uh, had uh, other accolades. Um, it just done very well. I actually met the uh, most beautiful girl in my life that I'd ever seen up to that point. And, uh, her name was Camille Meyer, and she was a cheerleader on the team. Uh, we've now been married 42 years. We have six beautiful children, three boys, three girls. We currently have 13 grandchildren. Uh, as I mentioned, my wife is a uh, nine-time martial arts world champion. We travel all around the world as she's competed in events in Europe and Mexico and Canada and the United States. Uh, as I mentioned, I have a second-degree black belt. All of our children participated in martial arts. And uh, uh, I went to dental school. 
And not only was I the first one in my family to go to college, but I went to dental school. Uh, I just retired a year ago. I practiced for almost 36 years. I uh, started, owned, merged, acquired uh, 15 different practices in my career. Um, financially did very, very well. Made lots of mistakes. Uh, we'll talk about those. And when I talk about vulnerability, you know, I want to make sure that you have my word that I'm going to share with you all of the good as well as all of the bad because a quote I heard that changed my life and gave me some of the force behind why I'm taking the time to share this with you. And I'm going to make sure I get this right, but a wise man learns from his own mistakes, but a genius learns from the mistakes of others. I love that because it is a wise man that makes mistakes, which we all do every day. Uh, but the wise man learns from his own mistakes. And most of the time, if we leave it at that, that's fantastic. But a genius learns from the mistakes of others. And so my goal with this podcast uh, comes out of several areas. Number one is an area of gratitude that I believe the good Lord has blessed me with my Uncle Jim effect. And I have a uh, desire and uh, responsibility to pay it forward and to share that. So that's what I'm doing with you. And I hope that as you spend time with me and go through this journey with me, that it will be of value to you and that you yourself will grow. You will have your own Uncle Jim moment and have that Uncle Jim effect on those that you love and, and uh, influence. Uh, again, this is out of gratitude that uh, I'm doing this. And one thing I want to make sure is I promise you and commit to you to always do everything in my power to create value in your life as you listen to this podcast. Uh, I value time. I'm currently 64 years old uh, and I'm uh, on the downhill side of life. It's the best time of life, so I'm not complaining. But I understand at this point, I am so grateful for the blessings I've had and the people that have been in my life. I want to be that to you, and I want to help you realize how you can change the destiny in your life uh, at any time, in any circumstance, and not using any excuses. So we're going to talk about that. So I came across a quote that... Uh, just resonated with me. And it's from Marianne Williamson. Uh, and I looked and researched who Marianne is. And I think at least from the research I could do, her and I probably couldn't be more different in philosophy. But I so respect this woman. And I've never met her. I would love to meet her. And I would love to sit down and have a conversation, which unfortunately in our uh, culture now, uh, in the year 2023. When we have differences amongst ourselves, we can't do this. We can't sit and have a discussion. It seems that we go straight to the jugular vein and try to cancel and eliminate people. And I, I long for the days where we could have disagreements and, and sit down and discuss it. I think if we take the people in our society, speaking specifically about America, and if we look at the, those that are on opposite ends of the spectrum, 
I'm guessing that we probably have 80, 85% in common, but we focused on that 15%. So anyway, I want to share with you this quote by Marianne. So pardon me as I read this, but it is so critical. I want to discuss each point, and so we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to read this quote in its entirety, and then we're going to go back and talk about it a little bit at a time. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Remember that point. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? And that's why the topic of this podcast is, why not me? Back to the quote. You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Wow, there is so much in that quote. Literally every sentence could be a podcast. Let's break those down and talk about those uh, at some length. Uh, the first one is our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. I would think most people, if we were to ask, what, what is the deepest fear that we have? It would be that, oh, I can't do that. But as she says, and if, as, as I've gone through my life and started from that place of absolute fear, absolute no confidence, absolute with my background, what I expected to be, as I've seen that, that's so true. I wasn't afraid of fearing deep down on the outside. It was easy to say, oh, I can't do that. I don't have the skills. My family wasn't there. I don't have an education. All of those things. But really the true factor or the true fear in me was that, wow, I think I can do that. I, I think I can be really successful. But that's different because now all of a sudden those people that aren't successful or heaven forbid those people that don't want you to succeed, they're sitting there giving you every reason why you can't. So our biggest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. That's a key concept that we're gonna, that's gonna resonate in this uh, podcast over time as we discuss. We are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. Again, Darkness is, a, is when we pull inside and hide ourselves from the world. And I don't want to be exposed because when the light shines on me, people can see and they're going to see my weakness. They're going to see my vulnerability. They're going to see that I'm not who I say I am. And that is a big fear. And then it says, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? You know, there's always someone more talented than us in any aspect of your life. That does not mean you don't deserve what you get. It said, actually, who are you not to be? Again, my point is this. 
God created all of us. God does not make mistakes. He created us to accomplish a purpose He has for all of us and for us to experience joy in this life. Why would He not want us to succeed? Why would He not want us to have the most abundant life possible? Why would He not want us to be successful? Why would He not want us to be a light to shine and to succeed and have great families and be financially secure? Abundance is God's concept, not scarcity. God wants us to have abundance in everything we do. Now, I was told a long time ago, uh, and I come from a family that didn't have money, and the people who did have money basically cheated or stole it to get it. And that was a big thing for me to overcome, was that having money was okay. And I knew a gentleman who was extremely successful and was such a good man. I remember asking him uh, to mentor me and he graciously accepted. And one of the things I learned from him was money is just a vehicle. All money does is make you a bigger fill in the blank, whatever you are. So if you're a great person and compassionate and charitable and giving, when you have a lot of money, it gives you a faster vehicle to do all those great things. In the same vein, if you're a, a jerk, if you're selfish, self-centered, arrogant, uh, that's a fast vehicle to become a bigger jerk and to be a lot more self-centered. So money is not the issue, it's what we do with that. And so moving forward on this quote, your playing small does not serve the world. Wow. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are meant to shine. Let's break that down. Wow. You're playing small. The one thing I've learned in life, and that's happened over and over and over again, and we're going to talk about that in future podcasts, is whenever we sit down to set a goal, and whenever we think we've set that goal as high as we can be, in my life, thank heavens, early on I was challenged both in the sports world by fantastic mentors and coaches and by great friends and successful business people. But the thing I've learned in my life is even when I set my sights and goals on the outer limits of what I think I'm uh, able to do, reset that goal 20, 30, 40% higher. Absolutely, that's a concept that we need to learn. So whenever I think I can do this, so I'm going to set my goal here, the goal's got to be up here. And I firmly believe that. And that's what it says. Playing small does not serve the world. This isn't about us. It's about us and how we accomplish things. But what we accomplish is a piece of the puzzle to give to the world. And so think of it that way. Don't think of, ah, oh, if I want to do this and I want to grow and expand and improve and increase my uh, my financial awareness or my talent or my abilities it's to benefit the world which indirectly benefits you moving on we are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us again this is not a religious show I'm a man of faith I absolutely know that God exists uh, I know that God has had a hand in everything I've done and that's okay if you don't this 
maybe call it the universe or a higher power, whatever you want to call it. Again, this is not a religious uh, podcast, but I don't back away from my faith. This is a podcast on how we can work together to reach our God-given potential uh, in every facet of life. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone, including you. And I know there's people out there that think, well, I don't have that. I don't have an education. I don't speak well. I don't have money. I'm already 30 years old, 50 years old, 80 years old. I promise you that you have got a lot left to give. And the goal of this podcast, if you'll stick with me and be patient, remember, I promise you I'm going to do everything in my power to create value for you and to help you on your journey to discover your God-given potential. Uh, and I'll do everything I can to do that. You will find, and I promise you that if you're open-minded, you're going to find something you still have left to give that only you were created to be able to give in this life. And that I promise you. Okay, I get excited about this. Let's get back to this quote. And this to me is the key point, I think, at the end of this quote. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. We unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. What does that mean? That means as we step out of the area of comfort, which is not rocking the boat, not stepping out trying to do things that are a stretch, not breaking out of the pack trying to prove yourself to create abundance in your life, whether it be through education, uh, income, opportunities to serve others. As we unconsciously do that, we give permission to other people to quietly say, gosh, if Dennis did it, I, I think I can do it. That's the true power in what we're talking about here. All my Uncle Jim did was uttered a sentence or two with a look in his eye that I understood that he wasn't giving me positive motivational speech. and He wasn't giving me fluff. None of that works on any of us. What he said to me was something he believed in his heart and that he conveyed to me. And when that happens, the powers of heaven and the universe work together to accomplish the good that God is wanting to happen. Uh, as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I hope you sense in me a, uh, a confidence in what I'm saying, not because of who I am. I told you where I came from. My gene pool was not good. I mean, I, I left to my own merit would be a multiple divorced, alcoholic, bankrupt guy, I'm guessing. Uh, and I still have lots and lots of faults and I've made so many mistakes, but I'll tell you, I have found that the true power of individuals comes not in realizing the tools and talents I have, 
but in realizing in spite of that, God has a plan for me. God has given me specific abilities to do the specific job that he wants me to do, which, oh, by the way, if I do, will be unbelievably fruitful for me and my family, unbelievably beyond my wildest dreams of abundance, and yet also serving the better purpose for my family, my friends, my neighbors, and the world. I just don't see a negative thing with that. So uh, that quote literally changed my life. And it was uh, a gift from heaven. And like I said, Marianne Williamson is, that quote was inspired by God and changed my life. I hope it changes yours. And as I looked online to see who she was, I mean, like I said, we couldn't probably, I'm guessing, be more on opposite ends from a political spectrum. But you know what? I, I love that woman because she had an effect on me. She had an Uncle Jim moment with me because it really helped me understand what my purpose is uh, in serving you. Now, again, my purpose with this podcast is not to toot my own horn. In fact, quite the opposite. My purpose in this podcast is to be vulnerable and put myself out there so that you literally say, wow, if that guy did it, I can do it. And I, I love that. Uh, my purpose is also to, uh, how do I say it? My purpose is to basically share the journey I had on how I discovered what my God-gift potential was because of the acts of others and then how I magnified that God-given potential. And to magnify something to, means to make it bigger and to bring it more into focus. And so this journey I've been on for a long, long time is how I discovered what my God-given potential was and then how could I magnify it out of gratitude. And then uh, not only that, but again, along the way, as we're liberated from our own fears, our presence automatically liberates others. As people saw me doing it, they're like, wow, I can do that. And that's how this works. I saw people do it that I, I was shocked they could do it. And I thought, okay, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And that's the whole point of this. We're in this together. Life is tough. Uh, if we don't work together, life's tough. I, I come from a background with sports. Uh, as I own multiple businesses, and I still own a couple, I've had uh, lots of employees over my life, and everything I've ever and always talked about was the team concept. Uh, if you focus on yourself individually, you can get a certain distance, but when you focus on the team, and you work as a team, that concept of one plus one equals three really comes into play. And uh, that's what we want to focus on. Let me, uh, uh, in closing here, let me uh, do a couple of things. I want to talk about some of the future podcasts we're going to do because this is where the real power comes in. Please stay with me. Uh, I promise you again, I'm going to create value for you. I want to just talk about some of the podcasts and topics we're going to have. Uh, what is God-given potential? I mean, I, you know, we, we're going to do a deep dive on that. What is it? What does that mean? I mean... Is that a sermon? Is that fluff? I mean, what is God-given potential? 
Uh, we're going to talk about how do I discover my God-given potential. I understand, Dennis, you you tell me you found yours. How do I discover? I don't even know what it is, but how do I discover my God-given potential? Uh, how do I magnify my God-given potential? These are all individual topics that we'll cover in, uh, in podcasts. I want to talk about uh, health and weight. Uh, again, I want to be vulnerable. Uh, when I was in high school, I finished high school with about 225 pounds. I uh, went to college, played uh, linebacker, like I said. I'm, again, about 6'2", and now I'm 6'2". I was, used to be 6'2 and a half, 6'3". Played football about 230 pounds as a linebacker. Uh, at one point, after uh, college, uh, being a dentist, which isn't a highly physically draining job, mentally very tough, but uh, physically not demanding, and I, I let I have a wife who's done, who has done Ironmans and marathons and is a uh, CrossFit queen. And there was a point in my life I got up to over 380 pounds. I was extremely obese. Uh, I had stomach surgery that almost killed me. I've had two heart surgeries. Um, technical glitch. I've had two heart surgeries. Uh, I've had uh, knee replacement. I've torn my Achilles. I've, I've had multiple, multiple surgeries. Uh, currently, I weigh about 252 pounds. I uh, have lost, like I said, that's about 130 pounds. I currently work out most every day. I uh, One of my mentors is a uh, former 23-year veteran of the Navy SEALs, Tom Shea, who I hope to get on this podcast, who helped change my life. Uh, Tom challenged me in only ways Navy SEALs can to get off my fat rear end and, and make something of life. And as a result, I've now done uh, half a dozen of the toughest uh, trail races uh, in the United States, several in Moab, I'm afraid of heights in this, most of this 13 and a half mile journey is on the edge of cliffs that are hundred feet, hundreds of feet tall. Um, I hike a lot. I've uh, done a lot of things. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about health and weight. Again, I'm being vulnerable. I know what it's like to be extremely obese and to be overweight. Uh, now I've, every quarter I get my blood drawn. I, my numbers are as good as they can be. And I want to share that journey with you. Relationships. I come from a relationship where, you know, we didn't have it in my family. We never, ever sat down and had a conversation about anything. Uh, could not wait to get out of the house. In fact, what drew me uh, to my wife, other than that she's so beautiful, was a cheerleader. Uh, what drew me to her was the love she had for her family. We were in college and... She would make the comment, I can't wait to go home this weekend and spend time with my family. And I thought, oh my heavens, we're in college, enjoying a great life. You want to go home and spend time with your family? And that just amazed me. And uh, now I can say, we've had a lot of, we're, we're as imperfect a family as you can find, but one thing we have is we have a beautiful, wonderful relationship with our six children and our six in-laws. Uh, Again, God has blessed us so much with three wonderful son-in-laws, three wonderful, beautiful daughter-in-laws, 
13 grandkids. We're, we're far from perfect, but our family gets together, we smile, we love, and that's 100% attributable to my wife. We're going to talk about relationships and how a guy that comes from my alcoholic family and every bad thing you can think of now has got a family that sits around and talks and laughs and we love to be together. And it's, it's because, uh, you know, I, uh, my wife, that's, that's all I can say about that. Uh, we're going to talk about that a lot. Uh, finances, you know, I come from that background. I've made mistakes. I've, I've lost businesses. I've, I've been bankrupt. I've uh, started over. Currently at this stage of the game, we're doing great. I've got, uh, we have three homes. I don't tell you that to brag. I'm just telling you, you, you can do this. I've come from a period of my life in the beginning where we didn't start with nothing. I started with a negative attitude about money. My dad said basically, paraphrasing, people with money cheated or stole or whatever to get it. Uh, a lot of jealousy with people who made money. And let me tell you again, money, it just makes you a bigger whatever you are. Let's get to be great people and then God will bless you with an abundance of money so that you can do good things with it. We're gonna talk about finances and how to uh, God-given potential there. And I, I've got so many wonderful things to talk about that have changed my life that I hope you stick with us. We're gonna talk about self-confidence, self-esteem. Uh, coming from where I did to playing in the biggest football stadiums in America and being a, a good player and getting a lot of success in town. I've got great friends that played in the NFL for years and years. Some of them, you've heard their names. I've got some good friends that played in the NBA. And to be able to be around these type of people, I've got mentors that, like I said, uh, Tom was uh, maybe still for 20, 30 years, was in charge of the sniper school, sniper program. And uh, these are great people. And we're going to talk about self-confidence and self-esteem. And it's not what you really think. Self-esteem, self-confidence comes from the words that we talk about up here, not the ones that come out of our mouth, although we're going to talk about that as well. But what you say to yourself and inside of yourself, that dictates who you are, what you do, and the success you have. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. We're going to talk about that. I want to talk about <clears throat> probably the most important thing of all of this that I hope you get out of it is the power of influence. Like it or not, you have an influence on those around you. Some of us, it's not a good influence. I've had people influence me in a bad way. I've influenced people in a bad way, unfortunately. But we're going to talk about influence and it's something that we don't like to talk about. We think, oh wow, I have a responsibility. I have an accountability. I'm responsible to be an influence on this person, you know, as a brother, a sister, a boss, spouse, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, especially grandparents. Uh, nothing's better than being a grandparent, but let me tell you, we, we're an influence on that family. And we need to take that seriously, and we need to spend time thinking actively about how do I create a bigger influence on my children and grandchildren. Just because they're out of the house doesn't mean you stop influencing them. In fact, as a grandparent, I believe you might have a bigger impact and influence on your grandchildren than your own children or their parents do. And those of you that are grandparents <clears throat> or 
are smiling and chuckling, and that's true. So we're going to talk about influence a lot. And then finally, not finally on the podcast, because I hope this goes on for a long, long time, but finally on my list of teasers, we're going to talk about how to establish a game plan. I've had the tremendous opportunity to be a very successful high school football coach here in Utah for about 20 years. And I told you my backgrounds in teams. I love talking about teams. I can relate everything in life and business to football. That's just the vehicle I deal with. But we're going to talk a lot about teams and how to set up a game plan. Um, setting up the game plan is simple, but it's not easy. And then the real tough part comes about implementing the game plan. So we can, if you're like me, I've set up a lot of game plans and I'll get started tomorrow. We're not going to start tomorrow. We're going to start right now. We're going to talk about that at length. Uh, how do you establish a game plan? And then the thing I learned the most about game plans is they're usually good for about one or two plays or maybe a series. And then, you know, life throws you a curveball. And so we're going to talk about how do you adjust your game plan in life. Uh, I think it was Mike Tyson that said, yeah, everybody has a game plan until you get punched in the face. And unfortunately, life has a way of punching us in the face. That's all right. You know, the goal is, you know, it's not how many times you can fall down, it's how many times you get up. So again, I hope this has created some value for you. I hope this has created a level of interest in what we're going to do next. Uh, thank you for letting me ramble. I literally just wrote some notes and said, hit the power button, let's figure it out. And uh, here we are. So I can't wait to visit with you again. I'm excited to move forward. And again, I'm going to leave you with this promise. I promise to create value for you with every ounce of energy I have to be honest and vulnerable and to share with you the good and the bad I've done, what worked and what hasn't, what I've been taught. Uh, I don't give out theoreticals. Um, I'm just giving out what I've learned, what I've done that works, what a lot smarter people than me have taught me. When it didn't work, what did I learn? Um, that's, that's all the purpose of this. Uh, I care about you. Uh, I'm so grateful so grateful for my Uncle Jim. Uh, and I want to share with you, I don't think I did, but it's, if I did, it's worth doing it again. That word uh, that came to me was the Uncle Jim effect, A-E-F-F-E-C-T. And I combined that word because it was interesting to me that the definition of the word effect, A-F-F-E-C-T, is to have an effect on or to make a difference to. Wow, my Uncle Jim had an effect on, and he made a difference to me. And then the word effect, E-F-F-E-C-T, is a change which is a result or a consequence of an action or other cause. My Uncle Jim had an action or other cause by talking to me, instilling in me a belief that I didn't have it myself, that effect had an effect on me by making a difference. And so the Uncle Jim effect, A-E-F-F-E-C-T, is a new word I hope I created. I'll give all the glory to Uncle Jim. 
But that's, that's the play on words here, is the effect we have on people, our influence, the words we say, the actions we take, the lives we leave, the light we shine, the fear we erase, the self-esteem we have, the belief that we can do anything, that affect affects those around us. So anyway, my play on words. Uh, thank you so much. I'm excited to see you again. And uh, until then, go get after it. Let's get believing. Thank you.